coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. Everything that you've conditioned yourself to be to, to that point is not permanent. It's just that it's conditioning, right? And the same way is people think change takes so long. It doesn't. There's a misconception. Like you said earlier in the conversation, you can reprogram, rewire your brain. You can change what you associate pain and pleasure to. You can change your perception of how you see the world. So the big questions are these. How can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Zung, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Welcome to another episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung, and I'm super excited to welcome Craig Siegel with me today. I was actually um, on his Instagram show at, and with Dave Meltzer, which you definitely need to check out. Really, really fascinating guy, quite the manifester. And I'm so excited to dive into his story I'm, I'm actually going to let him tell a lot of his story, but he really went from being a Wall Street guy, he's created eight-figure businesses, to having uh, this um, kind of a spiritual experience during the pandemic, which I'm going to let him kind of share his whole story of how he's done this. And um, he's been featured in tons and tons of media, which I'm going to share in all of the show notes and and all of that. But um, I just really want to spend my time here diving in. So welcome, Craig. Thank you for being on my show. Rebecca, thank you so much for having me. We had so much fun the first time on the Paradigm Shift with Dave. So I'm super excited for here today. You have my word. We absolutely will manufacture magic together here today. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the name of our show, we're going to talk about reprogramming your mind and and having breakthroughs because you've had this amazing kind of shift. Uh, you were um, on Wall Street. You had an, a, a lot of success on Wall Street. And then after that, you built another eight-figure business, right? That's correct. And then... Um, you had you actually your whole shift. You're doing something totally different now, which I want to dive into. Um, really, just happened recently during the whole pandemic. So let's dive into that. Tell us about your whole background. Yeah. So the pandemic was uh, played a pivotal role for both me and you. I know. And here's the thing: like the last ten years, I had been on Wall Street. I was a business owner, as you can imagine, in Manhattan, in New York City, as a business owner. It's go, go, go. If you're not going 400 miles an hour, you're getting run over. So ever since I graduated college, I just, I went to Wall Street. I was very ambitious. I never knew exactly what I wanted to do, but I, I was young and hungry and ambitious. And so I did the whole stock thing for quite a while. And at some point that stopped becoming fun because as you can imagine with the stock market and stuff like that, there's so much pressure and stress that comes along with it, stuff that you can't control. And so even though I created a lot of wealth, it was time for something different. And so I pivoted to 
a different business that I started where essentially we provided working capital loans to businesses across the country. And although very lucrative and less stressful, it also did not set my soul on fire. I'll just be straight up with you guys. Like waking up every single day, even though I give everything I got to everything I do, it felt like a job, Rebecca. Like I was going to work and like, I couldn't wait to get out of there. And that's not how life's supposed to be. And so when the pandemic happened, I closed my office for what I thought would be two weeks. Who knew back then, you know, last March. But essentially I did know this. I looked myself in the mirror and I asked myself the tough question. I was like, are you really happy? And the answer was not even close. Like I had actually been miserable for a few years. I was so unfulfilled. And that's like, that's like being light about it. I was just, I was unhappy. And I started running marathons because I had all this built up energy. I didn't know where to put it. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew that I wasn't happy at work. And so I started running all these marathons, which was super cool. And I'm still into this day and I'm grateful for that. It'll play a, a part in my life forever. But that, I wasn't going to become a professional runner. I didn't know what I wanted to do. When the pandemic happened, I had a spiritual moment where it was like, Craig, put yourself in this frequency. Like, what do you love? What are your passions? And like, very quickly like that, like two things. Number one, I, like, I felt the tap on my shoulder and I also kind of heard the whispers. And it was like, of course, for the last 10 years, I've been obsessed with personal development. You mentioned earlier, like reprogramming the mind, neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, and like all that stuff. I loved it, but I never thought I would like do anything with it. I just utilized it as a technology to enhance myself, to be successful in business, to be successful in relationships, to run marathons and all that. But when I had that spiritual moment, I was like, maybe that's not just my passion. Maybe it's also my purpose. Literally the next day on a run in Central Park, I pulled over, I pulled out the domain to my brand name, Cultivate Lasting Symphony, which is a play on my initial CLS. And I hit the ground running and the rest is history. Yeah, I can so relate to that because, you know, I had set out to have the top family law practice in Southwest Florida and I grew that and I had that. And I, I you know, I, I was like so determined. I'm half Chinese and half German. So I always joke that I have no fun genes whatsoever. So I like, <laughs> it's a cool mix. Yeah, it's like, so like, you know, efficient and driven and all of that. Right. And so like, I, and so I, I ended up like, once I had that, like, I, I, I was like, I'd never had to step outside the doors of my office. Like I didn't have to do any more networking whatsoever. Like I just had like so much work all the time and all the top people wanted to hire me. And there's so much wealth in, in Naples, Florida, like that I had like all, all the top people. And I thought, okay, like actually once I had it, I thought, actually, I don't think I really want this. anymore. <laughs> like, I know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have, I'm like printing money. This is great, but I actually don't really ever get to enjoy it. I had this beautiful house and all I was doing was going there to sleep and shower. Right. I, I mean, like I literally never got to see it. Um, and so I totally can relate. And I remember when I decided to merge my practice with these two other guys, which I'm still a partner at the firm. I just don't practice anymore. Um, I remember people like calling my partners to ask if I had cancer. Like people don't understand, like you want to walk away from like, they, they don't understand that you 
you don't want to do what's conventional anymore. Yes. Yeah. Did you experience that too? hundred percent. Like you, at some point, like when something stops becoming stimulating, then it's like, what's the point, right? Like even, and like, I guess you have to go through something like that and, and make a little money to realize like, I thought money was the goal, but it's actually not like happiness being fulfilled, being challenged, like being excited, I, I think is the goal. And like, Now it's very obvious, like every day that you show up, you're passionate about all this new cool stuff that you're doing. And I feel the same. And so, yeah, I I had that moment as well, for sure. Yeah. And helping people and making a difference and being creative and using your gifts, Uh, you know, right? I I mean, I think that makes a huge difference too, right? 100%. Okay. So um, I... Now, obviously, you're passionate about what you're doing. I I, I heard in an interview that you get up at four fifteen in the morning. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it, that. It, Tell me funny. about like why you do that. That's crazy. You know, it's funny because everybody always asks me like, "What do you want?" Right? Or like, "What are you so excited about?" It's because I love this stuff. It took me essentially. 35 years to find my calling and what sets my soul on fire. And so I love this stuff. And also like, I know you can relate to this, like as an entrepreneur and you've worn so many different hats and had success in so many different fields. When you start something new and it's fresh and and you're building something, like it's the most fun thing in the world, right? The ups and the downs, but obviously like you're so motivated and so excited about it. So this whole stuff is still relatively new to me. So I'm just so excited. There's not enough hours in the day, but make no mistake about it. This is not a phase. Like I'll be doing this in some fashion for the rest of my life. So like, even like before, like when I, when I had my business and so forth, and just like you, I still have that business, but like, I, I don't really practice it, but I would be like, this, like I wouldn't be like this every single day. Like sometimes I'd have to, use modeling and anchoring and elevate my state and use techniques. This stuff, it's like, it's so easy to live in a state of gratitude. And I'm curious, tell me if you can relate to this. Cause like when you're doing what you love, like even if you have a tough day or, or an obstacle, like there's still so much to be grateful. It's just a moment in time and the future looks bright when you're doing something that you don't like and you have a tough day. It's like, it's tough to be so grateful, you know, like, yeah, you have your health and so forth, but I just love this stuff. The reason why I wake up so early is because Number one, I'm doing so much right now. We're building CLS and and obviously it's exploding, but there's so much to do with the podcast, with the coaching, with speaking engagements, all of it. And then obviously I like to get a workout first thing in the morning. Right now I'm training for a marathon. And for me, it just, I get a psychological advantage. I feel like I beat the sun and I have an edge over the competition. That, That might sound a little like, you know, weird, but to me that works. So that's why I wake up so early. Okay. So are you coaching individual people? I mean, what is it that you're doing when you say you're coaching? Yeah. So I do one-on-one. I do mentoring. I do masterminds where I coach several people at one time. Um, And then obviously we have the CLS membership, which is once a week, which is basically free trainings and, and stuff of that nature. And then obviously the podcast, right? We do so much free content and so forth. And and the speaking gigs. But yeah, we do coaching. We do mindset stuff. We help people explode their brands, sales, which is obviously key. So yeah, we do a ton of coaching. Okay. So tell me about the mindset. Tell us about what that is. Give us a a flavor of some of the CLS mindset. Yeah. So what I learned when I first started, when I became a man, like maybe 11 years ago, when I got to Wall Street, it's like everything that you've 
condition yourself to be to, to that point is not permanent. It's just that it's conditioning, right? And the same way is people think change takes so long. It doesn't. There's a misconception. Like you said earlier in the conversation, you can reprogram, rewire your brain. You can change what you associate pain and pleasure to. You can change your perception of how you see the world. And, and just like the movie, The Matrix, like people don't see the world as it is. They make up based upon their map of the world on what they see, what's possible for them, right? So even like, just to give like an example, like before we went on air, we're having a conversation. A lot of people in the situation that you were telling about in your story probably would have given up. You didn't see that. You asked around, you found the resource and you're able to kind of fix the problem and now you're back at it. So being able to, to change how you see the world and change your perception, it opens up endless possibilities. Most people, unfortunately, they have a ceiling, like a sports car has a governor, you can't go past a certain speed. Most people see that they can only achieve a certain amount of success. So we teach people and we give them tools to change what they can see themselves able to accomplish, so forth. Okay. So a lot of the people that I have in my community who listen to me, who listen to my podcasts, who listen, who listen to me on YouTube, they are dealing with toxic people, narcissistic people. Uh, so how would you have them start? If they came to you, they say, you know, listen, I'm dealing with a narcissistic business partner, or I'm dealing with a narcissistic spouse. Where would you tell them to start? Yeah. You know, it's tough with narcissists and stuff like that. And, and let's be honest, like you're the expert in that field. But based upon my experience, like when dealing with a narcissist, like the story doesn't really have a happy ending. And that's just based upon, let me just be honest, this is just my opinion. Like it's tough. Even when like you think you're in the clear and like you might've gotten through to someone and it looks like there's some common ground. From my experience, like their true colors always come back. So in regards to dealing with that, I, I know this isn't the sexiest answer, but I would say keep your distance and, and try to keep your circle a little tighter and away from people like that. Because once they're in your circle, like there's always going to be an ongoing issue, right? So it, it is risk. Listen, you can say, don't take it so personally. That's their character trait or, or that's their personality, but it's tough to deal with that. And I'd love to, to pick your brain and just ask you like, when someone comes to you in, in a situation like that, like, do you give them tools on how to handle someone like that? Or do you kind of tell them to just keep your distance? Well, I mean, I, I want to go back to something that you were talking about with your mindset, because actually, even after I merged my law practice and I was first starting to figure out okay, where, what's next for me? What do, what do I want to do? And before I started my YouTube channel, I was, you know, kind of feeling out different things. And so one of the things I did was I, I had like a very small little like business venture that I tried out that didn't go anywhere. It didn't end up making any money or anything. But the person that I ended up uh, you know, it was a, a small short-lived thing, thank God. But the person that I ended up um, working with ended up being a covert narcissist. And it was one of the absolute worst experiences of my life. It was horrible. Oh. And yeah. I ended up in this, um, like, you know, it, it just like took over my brain constantly, constantly, constantly. I was like thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. And this person basically had attached themselves to me because, you know, I didn't even have the level of visibility that I have now, but I had some level of visibility at that point. I had written a book and 
I had done, you know, I was like somebody that, you know, extra the television show would call when there was divorces that would hit and I would get to go and I would talk about Brad and Angelina or talk about Miley, you know, that. So I was like that person with, you know, that they would call the divorce lawyer to, you know, get be on the air. So I had right, some right. level of visibility, you know what I'm saying? And so this person had attached themselves to me. And, you know, so I was like thinking about it all the time. And I remember having this moment when you talk about mindset of like, uh, if I'm thinking about this person, then I am not in creation mode. I am in victim mode. I am giving that person power. I am allowing that person to have space in my head. I am, you know, not doing the things that I could be doing in my life. So it it was really a moment for me where I thought, you know, I, I, I can't be in two places at once. Yeah. I I can either choose to be in creation mode or I can choose to be in victim mode, but I don't get to be, those two places are totally different destinations. And I had to make a choice in that, in that moment. And I remember hearing you in one of, when I was doing my research for this show, where you were talking about you can't be unhappy and grateful at the same time. Like you have right. to choose one or the other. And um, and so, you know, it's all mindset, right? It's the same, it's the same kind of thing. Like you have to choose um, your mindset uh, at, you know, really even when you're in that moment of toxicity and the person is attacking you and the person's in your space, um, you can still have that power. They don't get to choose your mindset. They don't get to have that power over you. Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. Gratitude is a superpower, right? So if you're actually like feeling grateful, not just thinking it, but feeling grateful, I'm grateful for this conversation right now. I get to collaborate with you. Like, I love this stuff. I have have another podcast a little bit later, which I'm excited about. And all these things, like, I can't be miserable if I'm feeling grateful. I, I get to choose one. So, like, even when people have obstacles or challenges going on in their life, I challenge you guys out there to take a second, pause, and ask yourself, what are you grateful for right now? When it comes to the safety of a child in a divorce case involving alcohol abuse, there is no compromise. Take back power, strength, and truth from the narcissist in your life with documented proof of sobriety. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they're not drinking when a child's safety is at risk. Soberlink's real-time alerts make it easy to negotiate with any party. Judges rest assured that the child is safe. Attorneys get court admissible evidence of sobriety and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. 
I created this community to provide support for divorced moms like me, which is why I partnered with Soberlink to create the resource Tips for Negotiating with a Narcissist. To download the guide and get $50 off your Soberlink device, visit www.soberlink.com forward slash negotiate. Are you struggling with how to negotiate and win? Maybe you're dealing with a personality that's particularly challenging like a narcissist or other high conflict personality and you're feeling powerless make sure to download my free Win My Negotiation cheat sheet at www.winmynegotiation.com. Take a listen to our archive where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. The key to everything is really how you see life. And and if you understand life at a deeper, more connective level than anyone else, uh, not not manipulatively, but you have what you want, which is advantage. You have you have uh, appreciation advantage, empathy advantage, uh, critical thinking advantage. And now we return to today's show. This is gripping, and I love that the audience is going to find so much valuable. And I know this is your show, but they're probably used to stuff like this. But that's awesome. Like, if you want to, like, you can't be, in, I say, unhappy and grateful at the same time. But like you just said, like, it's it would be really tough to be in creation mode and victim mode at the same time. Because if you're in victim mode, you're not really being productive. So remember, to everyone listening, you get the choice. You could choose which frame you want to be in. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, so I, you know, I, I want you to talk about how you can't be unhappy and grateful at, at the same time, because I think that that was really powerful when you were talking about that. Yeah. So gratitude, simply put, I, I'm not the first person to say that, but like when you really dive in and practice this, it's a game changer. Gratitude is a superpower, right? So if you're actually like feeling grateful, not just thinking it, but feeling grateful, I'm grateful for this conversation right now. I get to collaborate with you. Like, I love this stuff. I have have another podcast a little bit later, which I'm excited about. And all these things, like, I can't be miserable if I'm feeling grateful. I, I get to choose one. So like, even when people have obstacles or challenges going on in their life, I challenge you guys out there to take a second, pause, and ask yourself, what are you grateful for right now? It might be something as simple as your health. It might be something that you got to do earlier, work out, or it might be just the the ears that you have to hear this conversation. Whatever the case may be, there's always something to find that you could be grateful for. And when you do that, it shifts your whole perspective. And now all of a sudden, it's like, am I really that stressed out about that when I'm actually really grateful about this? Because like I said, you can't be both. So it's a superpower and it's an absolute game changer for the audience listening out there. I challenge you to start putting yourself in that state where you can find more and more things to be grateful for on a daily basis and watch how your whole perception of stress changes. It's great. Yeah, I think it's so true. And there's always, always, always something that you can be grateful for, always. I mean, even if it's just clean water to drink or, uh, you know, a roof over your head or a bed to sleep in. I mean, there's so much that we can be grateful for in this country, living in a first world country versus, 
you know, a third world country, truly. I mean, there's just always, always, always something to be grateful for, for sure. Um, So, you know, for... You talk about identifying your passion and, and, you know, you were fortunate enough to be able to, you know, leave your job and create something that you were in. And, you know, and I was able to, to do what I wanted to do as well. And, 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 you know, and I will sit there and say, and you will sit there and say too, we manifested that. And, and, and I, I know that the power of manifestation and I understand the power of making a decision and being able to, that the universe will line up and have your back and make it happen for you. Um, for those people who don't feel that vortex, who don't, who don't understand that, what would you say to them as far as, where to start? Yeah, it's a phenomenal question. It's so true with what you said. Like once you're intentional about what you want to do, the universe will start to have your back and so forth. So really it's two things for the audience listening. Number one is to identify what your passion is. And if you're not sure, which a lot of people aren't, I would suggest two things. Number one, journaling, because I'm a big journal. And when you journal, all of a sudden like pen to paper, you start to kind of gravitate towards what, what you love and so forth. If not, I would literally ask the 10 people that are closest to you in your life that you can trust. Hey, what do you think my passion is? What do you think I'm really good at? What do you think I'm passionate about? Whatever the case would be. And then get the data from all 10 of them. And don't be surprised if there's a lot of commonalities. And then it's like, oh, of course, you know, that is something that I'm really into. And once you have that, I really believe in my heart of hearts, you can monetize or build anything if you're passionate about it. Because when you're passionate about something, you're going to put in the effort, right? It doesn't matter if you're obsessed with stickers, whatever the case may be. Like you can find a thousand ways to talk about it. You create a blog, you you can do anything. So you have to be very intentional. And and obviously when you have that passion slash purpose, it's like you're on fire and you can't be stopped. But like you, to credit what you said, like once you're intentional and you start putting it out there, like I want to be the next generation, Tony Robbins, even bigger than him, selling out stadiums, the biggest podcast on the planet, books, speaking engagements, masterminds, coaching and stuff like that. The apple of personal development, so to speak. And this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to start by building a brand. I'm going to start doing coaching. I'm going to launch a podcast, blah, blah. Like once you're very, and those are just examples, but once you're super intentional about what you want, then you start like behaving a certain way, right? Because your mind is listening. You start behaving to get to those results. And then obviously like what you said, that's when the power of manifestation comes in. Then the universe starts to have your back. When the universe doesn't have your back is typically when you're not organized with your thoughts and you're not intentional, my personal opinion. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you start to focus your thoughts on something, it absolutely will happen for sure. And I love that you journal because when you start putting your pen to paper and really start to... Game changer. um, Yeah, it really does make a huge difference. Absolutely. Um, One of the things that you um, talk about too is, um, I I, I love this quote that you said. I I just have to get it in here because I thought it was really cool. Um, (laughs) Hit me with it. Yeah. You can't throw stones at every dog that barks. I thought that was a great quote um, because I love when people talk about naysayers uh, because I had 
um, been a teacher many years ago. And then I decided to go back to law school. I mean, you know, I was still like young. I was still in my twenties, but I, you know, people, I had naysayers. People were like, oh, you know, there's um, people who are bagging groceries who graduated from law school that, you know, there's way too many lawyers. I mean, you know, there were people who were jealous who didn't think, you know, you know, who, who don't want to see other people succeed. Right. Yeah. So there's always the naysayers. And then, you know, even, uh, you know, as I, I've grown very quickly and what I'm doing now, and I'm sure with you as well, you know, it's always seems like a stupid idea until you, you end up doing it and then you're successful and then people want to know how you did it. And then, you know, it's like, there's always naysayers and there's always going to be people who throw stones at what you're doing. Right. So you just have to close your eyes and close your ears and just know your truth and, and do what you're doing and, um, focus on the, the people who love you and the people who are that you're making a difference for. But I love that quote um, for that reason. And so I want you to talk more about that because they're always going to be naysayers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So look, the only time when there's not going to be naysayers or haters, right, is if you're not doing anything and then no one, you're giving no one anything to talk about. But if you want to really take a shot at life, make a dent in the universe, do something epic, like leave a legacy, then people are going to be talking because people are going to notice you. So a couple of things. Number one, like this is a little cliche, but like people say this and it's true. Like if you don't have haters, you're probably not doing anything that special, right? Because people want something to hate on. It's just, it's unfortunate, but it's, it's just common like emotional behaviors. Like people see people succeeding and they get jealous or they get bitter, whatever the case would be. So there's two ways you can handle that. Number one is you can utilize the haters as access, inspiration or motivation. Use them to propel yourself forward. Or if you get to a, like a, a really good place where they don't even like, like we send them our love next. Like we don't even care. We, they don't even phase us because the reality is, is as you continue to grow, and soar to new heights, make a dent in the universe. Like I said, spread your wings, impact people, change the world. There's going to be more and more and more haters. So you have to accept that the path that you're on, which you're on, Rebecca, and so am I to do something really iconic and special and make impacts, they're going to come out and it's never going to stop, right? You can't please everybody. So if you stop and throw stones and, and chirp at every dog that barks or every hater naysayer, you're never going to be able to get, you're never going to be able to move forward. Like you can't get to second base with your foot still on first. So you do one of two things. You could use their hate as fuel, or you could literally just go like this and say, love you. Thank you so much. Next. And just understand that it's a part of the process as you continue to grow and do epic stuff. It's just inevitable. Yeah. No, I think it's great. And um, I mean, one of my um, mentors, this business coach that I've had for 10 years, who's just awesome. And she, I remember her saying like um, that somebody actually said to her one time, oh, you're not big enough to have haters yet. Like, you know, like when, <laughs> when you that's know awesome. you're, you're getting big, like when you start to have haters, right? Like, that's good. That's funny. Um, I like that. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. It's almost like let's let's make that a goal, right? Let's get yeah. haters because then we know we're doing something right. Exactly, exactly. That's <laughs> great. Great. Yeah. So um all right. So um let's like leave, uh, you know, we're kind of getting toward the end. So like, let's leave like with some, like what's like really inspires you like either some books or some quotes, like really, what is really, really inspiring you right now? Yeah. Just like the, the whole, my whole like mantra when I started CLS was like, look for the audience listening, like you can fail at something you don't even like. So why not fail at something you actually love? And, and spoiler alert, chances are, if you really love it, you're going to make it work and you'll probably end up flying. So I think there's so many people out there right now that are unfulfilled and not living. Like, like, they're, like they're existing, but they're not really alive. And I know that because I was once there. And the reality is, is there's so much out there for us to accomplish. Like life is meant to be lived. So I, I highly suggest to the audience, like find what sets your soul on fire and then start something. Like, maybe, look, you need to put food on the table. I get that. Maybe you start a side project or you just start a hobby, but find out like if you're super passionate about it, like where can you take that thing? And for the audience that's listening and saying, yeah, but like, you know, that's not meant for me. Like look yourself in the mirror and say three words. Why not you? Why not you? Like, like a year ago, Rebecca probably had no YouTube presence. Now she's getting a, a million downloads. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you have to start somewhere. And if you have that self-belief and you're passionate about it, there's literally nothing you can't do. In regards to books, like I'm all over the place. I, I read a book a week. I love that stuff. Right now I'm reading an oldie, but a goodie, the magic of thinking big. Um, one of the books that I absolutely love that I always go back to is obviously The Secret, which is funny because we're talking about like the the you know, law of attraction and manifestation and all that stuff. And recently I've been big into that. And, and it's really like, you know, sometimes we know the material, right? Because you, people like you and me, like we're always sharpening the ax, but like I've been going on a deeper level and it's crazy. Like how the universe will conspire in your favor when you are super intentional with your thoughts, like when you change doubt and replace it with unwavering faith. Right. And like, something else in the secret to talk about is like, once you get intentional, like don't even worry about like five years down the line, just the next 200 feet and then the next 200 feet and then the next 200 feet and the universe will start to open up. Like you can see how passionate about this I am because I love this stuff and it actually works. And, and I'll leave the audience with one other book is The Power of Positive Thinking because I don't think you can get enough of that. But right now I'm really big into all the spiritual stuff with the law of attraction and manifestation. I'd love to ask you what book you're into right now. Oh, uh, I just started reading. Uh, I literally just started uh, listening to this morning, uh, Becoming Bulletproof by uh, Evie Pomperos, I think her name is, uh, the, the Secret Service agent, the woman who was the Secret Service agent. Cool. I don't even know if I'm saying her last name correctly, but uh, she seems really cool. So far, so uh, good. So far, so good. But I just a really interesting story about The Secret. Like, I literally read that book when it first came out. Like, I don't even know, so long ago, 15 what, years 10 ago. 10 years ago? 15 years ago, I think. Something like that. What's really cool about that, though, is like, I mean, I read that book. I, I consumed it. I was obsessed with it. I watched the movie. And what's really cool is that I've now gotten to, I've interviewed personally and gotten to meet um, 
Bob Proctor, John Asraf, John Martini, uh, Joe, Joe Vitale. I have now manifested all those guys in my life. Yeah. Which is Same. so... I have, oh, we had John Astroff on the Paradigm Show a couple of weeks back. That's awesome. Yeah, that's right. I saw that. I saw yeah. that like right the week before I was on. Yeah, yes, that's correct. Yeah, I mean, so isn't it cool when you start to like manifest that kind of stuff in your life? Yeah, you that's have right. to have a, you have to, like, for the audience, like you can't hit a target you can't see. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it's bigger than just goals. Like you have to really have a vision and put those thoughts out there because- Thoughts have a frequency, as they say in The Secret. So once you put it out there, like you start figuring out ways, the universe helps you out and you end up accomplishing those things, but you have to put them out there. You have to be intentional. It's literally tuning the radio to that station. Yes, yes. Yeah. We can talk about this for the next 10 hours. I love cool that you're big stuff. on this stuff. Too. Really cool stuff. So where can people learn more about you? Yeah, I would say on Instagram, I hang out the most at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. YouTube channel and Facebook, Craig Siegel, and our website, cultivatelastingsymphony.com. And anywhere you listen to podcasts, one of the top five business podcasts on the planet, the CLS Experience, which we're going to have you on very soon as well. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. Go check him out. Go follow him on Instagram. Listen to his podcast. Really great stuff. Craig Siegel, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Rebecca. Thanks for stopping by and listening to this episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. Check back next Monday for more inspirational pearls of wisdom. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, I'd love if you would give it a five-star rating and tell me what you liked in a review on iTunes. Also, be sure to grab your winning negotiation cheat sheet at winmynegotiation.com. And remember, today is a perfect day to start negotiating your best life.